0: Welcome to Fictional Men Written by Women, an erotic fiction podcast made by Dipsy. I'm your host, Faye Keegan, co-founder of Dipsy, and you're listening to the very first episode of this show. I started Dipsy more than five years ago because I felt like there weren't good erotic content options out there for me. And when I asked a lot of my friends' recommendations, they had crazy answers. It was like a chapter in a book from 10th grade they kept going back to or a link to a Tumblr post that didn't even work anymore. And there was a real lack of options made for women designed to turn them on. I was really inspired by companies like Calm and Headspace that were creating premium audio content that was designed to shift your mood and your moment. I can't go to sleep. Now I can't. I'm stressed out, now I'm less stressed out. And how could we harness the power of audio for a totally different use case, which was turning women on? At the same time, my co founder and I were becoming literally obsessed with the psychology of female sexuality and desire and the research in the space and how different female sexuality and desire was from men's. And we were learning so many things about female sexuality and desire that pointed us to the fact that audio would be an amazing medium for erotic content for women. It was less visual. It was more story-based. It was more imaginative. It was more narrative. If you actually started from scratch and tried to design a product to turn women on, it would probably be audio. Since then, we've made over a thousand pieces of spicy, erotic audio content, particularly designed to turn women on. All available on our mobile apps which you can find on the play store on the app store and we've learned so much uh, over the course of that time the last five years we talked to our users all the time uh, to get more inspiration and to hone our understanding but the kernel of the idea has stayed true throughout we care so deeply about what women think is hot every single story that we craft has the female gaze in mind. Every choice we make reflects our years of experience in creating and studying the spicy erotic audio content we make. We are extremely rigorous and attentive to detail about all those individual choices and how they stack up. Our characters are strong but sensitive. They're tough but they're caring. They're possessive but they're generous. Every choice we make from the dialogue to the casting to the editing tries to protect and preserve that balance and create the hottest possible story. In this podcast, we'll be showcasing some of our favorite fictional men that we've created, some of the most popular ones with our listeners. But what is definitely the case for erotic content is that one story does not work for everyone, but there are hundreds more stories available on our app right now. In the first season of Fictional Men Written by Women, we'll be releasing some episodes of Lone Wolf, one of our most popular series on the app, which focuses on Jesse, a rancher, cowboy, hottie, and honestly, as a total recovering horse called myself, one of my favorites. Also, the actor who plays Jesse has just the most amazing, gravelly, growly, low voice, which is really special and I think really brings the character to life and has that toughness and that edge, but also like a real sweetness and authenticity that I think pulls off the performance brilliantly. Uh, So I cannot wait to have you listen to him. So without further ado, here's the first episode of Lone Wolf. If you can't wait to hear the next episode, the entire series is available right now on the Dipsy app, along with hundreds of other spicy audio stories made by and for women. You can get 30 days free using code FictionalMen at dipsystories.com. That's d i p s e a s t o r i e s dot com slash FictionalMen. But if not, here is episode one of Lone Wolf.
1: I can't. I hadn't been back to my grandparents ranch in what felt like forever, but not much changes this far out in Montana. The mountains still loomed on the horizon, the sky was still a perfect dome of endless blue. After years of living in a crowded city, being in so much open space was freeing. It was even a bit surreal, although that could have been the shock of leaving my job back in the city. My last day was only a week ago, but it was still so weird to not have a schedule or the usual hustle and grind to worry about. I decided to spend the summer here, and my grandparents were thrilled. The whole way back from the airport, they babbled like a brook. But to be honest, I wasn't really listening. I was totally lost in what was out the window. The sharp edges of the mountains, the lazy rolling fields, the brilliant pink and orange sky as the sun started to set. The next morning, everyone came over. Like, everyone. Aunts, uncles, cousins, cousins with kids of their own now. It was all very sweet, but also a lot. It's always good to see them, but it it helped me remember that part of my decision to come out here was to calm down a little, figure myself out. By the time everyone left, it was dark out, and I was in desperate need of a little time to myself. Still keyed up, I went into town to see if that old dive bar was there.
2: Hey there. Hi. You must be the famous Buckley granddaughter. That depends. On? What makes you say that? (laughs) Only that your grandpa and uncles have been in here warning all the guys to be gentlemen. Oh, how quaint. (sighs) That's one word for it. And anyway, you've got those Buckley freckles. Still the only family in town wearing sunscreen? Nah, people are getting (laughs) smarter about that. But we always know who we can borrow some from. (laughs) (laughs) All right, good. What are you having? Mm, Can you do a Negroni? It's been a while since anyone's ordered one of those. But I think I can put one together for you.
1: Thank you. Be right back. I didn't love the idea of my grandpa and uncles warning people about me arriving. But then again, I was the city girl who'd brought a book to read at a bar. I went to get it out of my bag and noticed a man sitting down the bar from me. A real cowboy, I thought, and I immediately felt embarrassed that I even thought that. His denim shirt looked too hot to be wearing in Montana in August, but maybe he knew something I didn't. His hair was dark, but in the neon lights of the bar all I could see were the sun-bleached golden strands. He downed the last of his beer and frowned into the empty glass. Long day? Excuse me? Looks like you downed that one in one go. Uh
3: What'd you order?
1: A Negroni. It's a drink with gin and Campari. What's gin? Oh, um, it's made from juniper But bi- <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking with me. Uh-huh. Right, cool. Have a good night.
3: No, 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 sorry. It's a lovely drink.
1: It is. I felt the cowboy's eyes on me as I took a sip. The Negroni was perfect and deliciously cool. His gaze was
3: intense. Are you really reading at the bar?
1: I don't usually do that, but, um... Long day. (laughs) Yeah. I'm Jesse. Katie. Buckley. Huh.
3: What are you reading?
1: Oh, just a book of short stories.
3: Does that one have the most dangerous game?
1: How did you know?
3: Uh, I recognize the cover. Read it a few years back. Never found something I love so much?
1: It's one of my favorites, too. I'm always rereading
3: it.
2: (laughs) Can I get you anything else, my friend?
1: The bartender appeared out of nowhere, and there was something about her that seemed anxious all of a sudden. She and Jesse stared each other down for a little too long.
3: Guess I should get going.
1: Yeah, okay.
3: See you around, Katie.
2: Man, who died and made him Clint Eastwood? (sighs) Yeah... He's a bit of a funny one. We're not sure what to make of him yet. Uh, who's we? You know, everybody. Hard to be the new guy in a small town. How new? Hmm. Few years, I wanna say. He mostly keeps to himself, but I heard.
1: Heard what?
2: I heard he's been a real thorn in people's sides. Hmm. A couple years back, he started talking about reintroducing wolves to the land, which. Uh, wasn't a popular idea with the ranchers. You know how they feel about mm-hmm. those, uh, those environmentalist types. Anyway, he's not real popular around <sighs> here. Definitely not with your folks. May want to keep him at arm's length if you know what I mean. But you didn't hear from me.
1: Hear what from you?
2: <laughs> a <Atta> girl. <laughs> Can I get you another? I'm alright for now. Well, you know where to find me.
1: I spent the next few days helping out around the ranch. It quickly became clear that I was more help in way of running errands than doing actual ranch work. It annoyed me that I couldn't keep up with everyone else. But at the end of the long, hot days, no one treated me any different. I still got to sit around the fire with a beer like everybody else. One night, I asked one of the ranch hands about Jessie, trying not to sound too interested in her answer. She shushed me as soon as I said his name. She leaned in close and told me it was best not to bring him up. A week went by. After the hustle and grind of being on someone else's clock for so many years, it was so refreshing to want to get up with the sun. I'd make coffee and go for long walks before the day started up and got too hot. One morning, when I reached the point where I usually turned around, I saw dark clouds gathering above me. I started walking faster, hoping it wouldn't start to rain before I got home. I wished I'd thought to check the forecast this morning. Just then, a truck pulled up a few feet ahead. The driver stuck his head out the window and looked back at me. It was Jesse.
3: You know, there's a newfangled thing called weather forecasting. Ha ha. You can't outwalk this one. Here, hop in. I'll take you back home.
1: No thanks, I think I can make it.
3: You'll be soaked in under a minute, I'm telling you. Think thing about Montana weather, it changes real quick, and it's got a temper.
1: I'll take my chances. Last call. Ah, okay. All of a sudden, it began to pour rain so intense I could barely see through it. I hadn't even had time to pull the hood of my jacket over my head. I marched around to the passenger's side and opened the door. Jesse had the tiniest smirk on his face as I climbed into the car. All right, good call.
3: Beautiful, but not something you want to walk around with. Yeah. Yeah, But I don't have to tell you that. You're from here, you know.
1: He went quiet while he tried to focus on driving. The rain was coming down for real, and it was hard to see more than half a foot ahead of us. His knuckles turned white on the steering wheel. Thanks again for the ride. I'll check the forecast next time.
3: Uh, All good. There's a blanket in the back if you need to get dry.
1: Thanks. I pulled the blanket around my shoulders, grateful for its warmth. I looked over at Jesse again. He sensed my eyes on him and glanced over, giving me a brief smile. The rain was getting heavier, hammering down on the roof with an alarming intensity. Soon we couldn't see anything at all through the windshield. All we could do was watch the wipers spin uselessly against the glass.
3: Yeah, we're gonna have to wait this one out. I'm gonna find somewhere to stop.
1: It wasn't like this when I was a kid.
3: Yeah, happens all the time nowadays. We'll be on our way soon enough.
1: He found a side lane and pulled over. Against the roar of the storm, it suddenly felt very quiet inside the car. I felt a tension in the air, an uncertainty. I wasn't sure if I should speak and break the silence. So, the other night at the bar, the bartender told me something about you.
3: I can guess what she said.
1: She said I should stay away from you.
3: (laughs) Sounds about right.
1: I don't mean to prize, just no one seems to want to tell me. What does she mean?
3: Depends on what she heard, who she heard it from. Huh. Uh, What?
1: Well, I hear you have a chance to clear your name, and you're not clearing it up.
3: Well, that's because there's nothing to clear up. It's all just a bunch of small-town gossip.
1: Mm, Okay. What
3: I'm interested in is what you think of me, without any of that in your head. What do you think?
1: He looked me square in the eye as he asked. His gaze was steely, but soft somehow. Like he was nervous about what I'd say, but didn't want me to see it. I think you're interesting.
3: You flatter me.
1: I mean, I, when I try to ask around about you, everyone's got this reaction. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. They keep telling me what they've heard about you, but I kind of feel like maybe no one really knows you, and I want to. Want to what? Know you.
3: Well, you're uh, pretty interesting yourself.
1: His gaze was intense, pulling me in. I felt a sudden courage, a flare of desire. I leaned forward and kissed him. I felt his lips soften against mine, his warm hands on my face.
3: You're really not heeding those wounds, are you?
1: Maybe I consider it more of a recommendation. Mm. Mm. I kissed him again, more fiercely, his teeth scraping my lip. I felt the heat of his mouth against my neck and pushed my fingers through his hair, digging my nails into his scalp, and pulling him closer. Hold on. He reached for a lever under the seat and pulled it. It jerked under us, sliding backwards. Sorry. Wasn't expecting it to do that.
3: Uh, This whole thing has ideas about how a car should behave. I'm just along for the ride. She's the one actually in control. (laughs) She? Don't tell anyone. I've got a reputation to maintain.
1: (laughs) That you do. I leaned in and pressed my mouth against his. The skin of his palm was rough on the side of my neck. His thumb stroked my jawline. He didn't hold me like I was fragile. He was strong and firm and confident and made me want more. Grabbing his wrist, I guided his hands under my shirt. He slipped his fingers beneath my bra, brushing his thumb over my nipple. I straddled him, grinding up against his lap. I could feel his erection through his pants. Uh, Take off my shirt.
3: A little bossy, aren't you?
1: You like it.
3: I guess I do.
1: He pulled my shirt over my head, undoing the clasp of my bra. ...then leaned in and scraped his teeth over my nipple... ...before biting down just enough to make it hurt a little.
3: Mm. Mm.
1: Oh, you like that? Oh, yeah. Mm.
3: Like this? Mm.
1: He slid a hand down the front of my pants... ...touching me through the thin fabric of my underwear. I arched into his touch, wanting more. I felt him push my underwear aside... Felt his thumb on my clit, gathering my wetness and rubbing rough circles against me. His fingers slid into me. I felt myself open for him, felt him push inside me as far as he could go. He curled his fingers, sending a jolt through me.
3: Oh, Oh, I thought you liked that.
1: pulled off my pants as he undid his. He unwrapped the condom and slid it on. I knelt over him, feeling the head of his cock against my pussy. Oh,
3: well, look at you trying to tease me.
1: You can give it, but you can't take oh. it, huh?
3: Oh, I can take it.
1: Oh. Oh. I slid down onto his cock. Slowly taking all of him inside me, I watched him grit his teeth hard, trying to stay in control, but I could tell it was a struggle. Bracing myself against the seat, I rode him in long, deep thrusts that I felt all throughout my body. Oh, you feel so good. <sighs> <sighs> he reached between us my clit with his fingers, I felt my pussy tightening around him, felt the pleasure building
3: in me. Oh. Reagults, <günst3> Bad news.
2: Uh, what? You
3: gotta put all that wet clothes you back to the Buckley Ranch in your (laughs) condition?
1: I guess it wouldn't do your reputation any good.
3: Although maybe I'd get some points for rescuing you from the elements.
1: Uh, rescuing? (laughs) I hate to tell you this, but I can take care of myself.
3: Well, maybe I've got a damsel in distress fantasy.
1: (laughs) Well, then I'm the wrong woman for you.
3: (laughs) You're definitely the wrong woman for me. But I think you're worth the risk.